Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hey, how you doing? And welcome to the last episode of Buy, Hold, Sell for 2023. I'm Ali Selby, and today we have a very special episode for you. We've asked our guests to bring along three of their highest conviction picks for the year ahead. These are stocks that they believe could surprise investors in 2024. Plus, because I love a little bit of drama, we're also asking them to analyze each other's highest conviction stock picks. To do that, we're joined by Hugh Dive from Atlas Funds Management and David Wilson from first centier. Okay, David, we're going to start with you. It's one of your top picks for 2024. It's aristocrat leisure. Why are you buying that stock? We think the stock is is actually cheap um, for the amount of growth that we think you're going to be getting over the next three to five years. The PE is under 20. You've got a great US gaming operations business. It continues to take market share. It's gone from 18% to 25% quickly, and we still think that momentum's there. We think their digital business, which has sort of been flat over the last year or two, has the opportunity to grow. We're not certain when that actually starts to take place, but as and when it does, we think that will um, greatly assist the share price. Plus, also, they're going to complete the Neo Games acquisition in the first half of this year, of uh, calendar year 24. And we think that that, will, that gives them another opportunity to sort of grow through. At the same time, you've got a great balance sheet. The company continues to buy back stock. So we think this is a stock really well positioned for calendar year 24. Okay, Aristocrat really hit the jackpot in 2023. Its share price is up 30%. What's your thoughts on Aristocrat, Hugh? Is it a buy, hold or sell? I would look at it as a sell. I mean, it's done very well. It's had a great Australian success story, as David talked about, this great market penetration. But looking at the uh, the social casinos, the, where you're playing the, the games on your phone, that is a fiendish business, but just the regulatory risk, I would very, be very, very concerned about. That's currently around about sort of thirty percent of their of their of their revenue. A wonderful business where you play on this and you can never win. So it falls outside the um, Interactive Gaming Act. I think the, the regulatory risks aren't really being priced in on that, and there looks to be a prime aspect of area to be regulated and have some quite adverse regulatory findings. I think uh, coming soon, uh, people under 18 can't download these games and just that the risks are there probably a little bit high. But uh, a fundamental, a great story, but a little bit too expensive given those risks. Okay, let's move on to one of your top stops. It's Woodside Energy Group. Why are you backing that stock over the year ahead? Okay. I mean, Woodside's had a bit of a tough year. They've had uh, falling oil prices. They had the spectre of the merger with Santos, which I really, really don't like as a Woodside shareholder. Uh, but ultimately have a range of great projects coming on. They've made out like bandits from the BHP petroleum acquisition. They've suddenly got these wonderful assets in the Gulf of Mexico, Northwest Shelf. They're the operator, the lowest cost producer in Australia with a barrel of oil cost of $8.50. Three great pr- growth projects on the, on the, on the, on the road. Trine in the Gulf of Mexico, Scarborough off the Northwest Shelf, and then Senegal, uh, Sagamar and Senegal coming on there. Really well-run company. Um, we see the oil price as being artificially low. It's not taking on, it doesn't account for the levels of political risk, particularly in the Middle East. Um, if, the go, if the Straits of Hormuz are shut off, um, suddenly the, uh, the Qataris are taken out of the market 
and those uh, Australian producing LNG assets off the northwest shelf are going to be very, very valuable. We've already seen LNG prices recover in the last week when the, uh, the Houthis in Yemen seized, one, seized a, a LNG vessel. I think sort of under, it's poised to have a very good uh, 2024. Okay, over to you, David. As Hugh mentioned there, it didn't have a really great 2023. Share prices down around 15% after a stellar 2022. What's ahead for Woodside? Is it a buy, hold or sell? For us, it's a hold. Um, it, you're right, it had a stellar 2022 and therefore it was probably tougher for it in 2023. And we're pretty neutral on it. We think it's about uh, trading at about valuation. Um, it's still got some risk in terms of actually getting approvals for Scarborough. So there's sort of still some sort of volatility around that. Balance sheet's in pretty good order. We agree with you that that the that the oil price is actually sort of quite low and moderated. So uh, for us, it's it's a hold. Okay, next up we have Woodside's potential bride-to-be in Santos. Why are you buying that stock and what do you think of that potential merger? Well, we'd be a really willing bride <laughs> as owners of Santos shares. If Woodside want to pay a large premium, I'm more than happy for that to happen. So that that is that's not really why we've owned the stock, but it's certainly an appeal now that's come into the stock over the last little while. We think that uh, what we're going to see from Santos over the next sort of three or four years is as their projects come along in Barossa, in PNG, and in Alaska that the cash flow is going to come through very quickly over the next three or four years and the company will de-gear very quickly to, to the point where Woodside is at the moment. So we think it's actually quite an attractive sort of growth story over those three or four years and a de-gearing story as well in the context of a lower oil price. On the back of that merger announcement, the share price popped around 7%, which was great for me because I own Santos. What about you? It fell for Woodside shareholders. <laughs> yeah. So I think Woodside shareholders will be taken to that, that wedding with the, sh the shotgun at their back. Um, ultimately, Santos is an inferior suite of assets. Whilst the Papua New Guinea assets are great, they're not the operator, they're just a shareholder there. The rest of the assets, their fields in mean, the Cooper Basin, we see the stuff that in Gladstone, they're ultimately in decline. There's a lesser suite of assets. I think the only way this merger goes ahead uh, is at a, at, a, at a level of premium that's probably unacceptable for David. Um, ultimately, yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't want to own Santos when you could own Woodside. A far better better stock, better suite of assets, better growth projects, and, and lower debt, lower cost of oil. So yeah, it's a sell. A sell. Okay. Next up, we have your second pick. It's Instatech Pivot. Why are you backing that stock over the year ahead? Um, I'm just the, the sheer amount of corporate activity that's going or going on there, or particular sort of corporate action activity. They've uh, sold a Louisiana, um, so that's the, the check cleared. I think about a week ago. To CF industry, so they're going to be. I think the next couple of days, we're going to find out if there's going to be a capital return there. Also, the we see it's quite a significant buyback where they're buying back close to 16% of the share registry. That ultimately looks to be if you buy that quantum stock back, it's good good things to that. We're also the third flank of that is that the fertilizer business is on the is on the share box. There's about questions about the acquirer. Um, getting through fur, but if that does get through, we'll see a substantial sort of re-rating in into a pure play, explosives play like, like Orica. Um, so just given the just range of activities going forward, that's ultimately likely to put a fair bit of uh, upward pressure underneath the share price. Okay, share price hasn't performed very well in 2023. Right. It was down around 23%. Over to you, David. Is it a buy, hold or sell? 
For us, Intertech Pivot is actually a hold. Um, within the case of Intertech Pivot, it's never a boring hold. It's a bit like a hose <laughs> on a driveway sometimes in terms of what's happening in the DAP price and the urea price and the ammonia price. And you've got a bit of a binary outcome at the moment around the sale of the fertiliser business. So that seems to be taking longer. They're probably negotiating on price, but th this has happened in a period where Phosphate Hill has continued to disappoint. And it is a sort of quite a sort of troubled asset as well. At times it can earn a lot of money, but sometimes it really disappoints. And it's had quite a sort of tough period of late, which may be hurting the sale process. I think the market is largely sort of priced and factored in the sort of the buyback capital return that will take place. If you line up Incidec Pivot's um, valuation versus Orica, and there's pluses and minuses in comparing the two explosive businesses that, will, that would be there um, you know, in the event that the fertiliser business is sold, then the business early equivalent valuations. So for us, it's a hold. Okay, last one for you today. It's James Hardy. It had an exceptional year in 2023. Its share price is up 90%. Why do you think it can do it again in 2024? Well, it's also a little bit the reverse of Woodside because it didn't have an exceptional 2022. It had an exceptionally bad 2022, but a very good 2023. And we think that persists. This is a company that consistently gets 30% return on invested capital. It has now 90% of the fibre cement market. The, fi it's the fibre cement as a product has gone from 10% to 20% of the US housing market. It's a great success story. Um, they continue to take share and penetration in the northeast of the US and also the, um, and also the Midwest as well. So we think that the earnings are intact, multiples not demanding. So we think that stock is a buy. Over to you, Hugh. Is James Hardy a buy, hold or sell? I think it'd be a very soft hold, Ali. Um, I totally agree with David. It's been a wonderful Australian success story growing heavily in the US. And this is the only building products company that has some meaningful intellectual property. If you look at the tile, brick and concrete merchants, the intellectual property hasn't changed since the time of the Romans. And that, that, that reflects in the, the margins that, that James Hardy can earn, 30% versus three to 5% the others. However, it's, I think it's got, a, it's got a head over the top of its skis, had a wonderful year. The outlook looks a little bit less clouded. I think the, the, the valuation doesn't justify the current price and there's potential for a bit of retracement, but I agree it's a very strong, very well-run company. Okay, last up for you today, your pick is BAPCOR. Yeah. Why do you think that stock could surprise investors in 2024? Um, well, as, as David talked about earlier, it was a bit of an event in October. They downgraded um, their earnings. This is, for people that are not familiar with this, this is Australia's largest retailer of car parts, so very boring. Uh, sort of servicing cars to both trade and individuals. We're looking ahead, it's, it's, there's very low expectations, but ultimately what they sell is a lot of non-discretionary products. So cars still crash, um, cars need servicing, electrical vehicle penetration will be a positive them with higher sort of consumables. And sort of looking ahead, we've seen an increase in the age of the Australia's vehicle fleet from like 10 years to over 11 and a half. That results in a lot more, uh, in a lot more car servicing. And ultimately, people need to, need, to have, need to keep their wheels on the road and people will end up paying it. So what we've seen is that move in that first quarter, more of a delay rather than a final impact. And I think it looks a very attractive way to get into, into a, a good little um, mid cap at the moment. Okay, over to you, David. Its share price is down around 18% year to date. What do you think of Vapcor? Is it a buy, hold or sell? For us, Ali, it's a sell. Um, we think that their market share is under pressure in their retail business. It is the number three player behind Super Cheap Auto, which is a really well-run business, and Repco. 
Um, and in fact, actually, we think that um, Bapcor is a well-run business, but we think their smaller number three position in that part of the market is, is tougher. Um, they've also sort of put into the market's expectations a cost-out story um, in, over the next few years. Um, invariably, and it doesn't matter whether you're Qantas, Telstra, BHP, NAB, whoever, generally cost-out stories disappoint in Australia. And we think there's every chance that BAPCOR's, um, BAPCOR will also disappoint over the course of that time. So for us, it's a sell. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Buy, Hold, Sell as much as I did. If you did, why not give it a like? I hope you have a wonderful holiday period and we'll see you again back in 2024. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts. Come on.